0: Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Alb Bastiet Dubai. There's been much talk in the last 10 days, fortnight about there being a, a crisis in staffing, how to recruit and retain and look after. Uh, stable and stud staff and what we should be doing about it should we be doing more about it now uh, this week Joe Davis the East Garston trainer wrote uh, an extremely informative quite emotive at times blog which really touched a chord particularly with a lot of the smaller stables around the country I'm delighted to say that, that Joe joins us in the in the studio this morning Joe thank you very much for coming in when you poured your heart out on uh, on <laughs> social media this week did you expect the reaction to be quite what it was
1: Good God, no. I thought I would write it. I just stuck it on my Facebook page and thought possibly my mum and maybe a few friends would (laughs) read it. And I was driving to Leicester and I thought, my phone's gone a bit strange and it was ting, ting, ting. And I thought I couldn't work it out. But you forget that Facebook's linked to Twitter. I'm not a great Twitter user. I don't really know how that works, to be honest with you. And I completely overwhelmed. And what was lovely is, is how much feeling there was from people and how many nice things people said and it was really really nice it was a little bit terrifying but yeah nice
0: so essentially you were sort of trying to give people an indication as to what it was actually like the day-to-day running of a stable with relatively few horses yeah. relatively few staff yeah it, it gives the impression of a, a very dedicated trainer who's trying to create a a really good atmosphere and enjoy the sport of horse racing but there were an awful lot of difficulties both emotional and financial that you perhaps felt were underappreciated, would that be fair?
1: I think it's my choice to be a trainer and it's my choice to do what I do and you've got to take the bad times with the good times but I think what's so important is we do it because we love horses first and foremost because you know trainers of, of the level I'm training at we know that We might get that one good horse, but the odds are we probably won't, so we've just got to keep slogging away. It's like an addiction. You can never get away from it. When you're having a bad time, you think the good time's just around the corner. Mm. So when you're having a bad time, like we've had for the past year, our staff are the most important part of what we do because they have to put up with having disappointment after disappointment when the horses are ill, what have you. Without them, we couldn't do it. And when you're training at the level I am, I'm up at half five with them every morning and starting at six. I ride six or seven lots. I muck out six or seven boxes. I drive the lorry to the races. There are hundreds of trainers all across the country doing the same as I do. And mainly racing is portrayed more on the glamour side and the the higher echelons. And I think it's important to remember that the the smaller stables are are paying wages and they're still paying to have um, their licence. And they're still paying to put horses in races and and, you know they're still working hard at the bottom end and I think the staff trying to encourage more staff into racing is the most important thing we can do and on top of that even more important is giving them a better deal you know I think it's unbelievably ridiculous they still do a 12 and a half day fortnight how can you expect somebody to work for 12 and a half days when they want to have time with their families they want time off I mean, it's a no-brainer. That's exactly where it should be changed to start with.
0: I'm guessing that you work more than a 12 and a half day (laughs) fortnight. My God, yeah. yeah. You never stop.
1: I'm tired. You know, if I'm honest, I am tired to the bone at the moment, but sheer grit and, like, I'm not giving up because I know that the horses are coming right. I know they're coming right, and good times are around the corner. And that's the only thing that keeps you going, you know. And you know when you're in the middle of a good time and everything's running in the frame, even though you're enjoying it, there's something in the back of your mind going, I know what's around the corner. You know, this doesn't last. Mm. And you have to prepare yourself. You can't get carried away when it's going well. And you, you have to keep picking yourself up when it's going badly and say, I didn't stop being able to train. Things, circumstances you know and you know that keep plugging it through it will come through the other side but it, it you know it's tough and it's especially when every month you, you know you just get through the month and you see your staff working and you constantly feel you have to pick them up because it's going badly and you can't remunerate, you, know, you can't give me enough money to make up for that it's it's, you know it's quite soul-destroying sometimes but when it goes well it's no better feeling and and how lucky I am to do what I do and be out watching the sun come up in the mornings on a lovely horse. It might not be a top-class horse, but, you know, you do it because that's what you do. You lose sight of that sometimes.
0: So earlier in the week, um, I rang you, and you said, Nick, I'm just at the bottom of the galaxy." I'll ring you back. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was You fun. rang me back a bit sooner than you thought. <laughs> I couldn't get you, my
1: phone in my pocket.
0: You pocket me. <laughs> Just as you set up, up the Chalking. gallops <laughs> And I, it was and I, I it was very naughty of me, but I kept the phone on. And all I could hear was whooping and laughing and just and I could hear the wind through the phone and you riding this oh, horse up the hilarious. gallops. And you I could it was seven thirty in the morning where i was like oh, 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 trying to make myself a cup of coffee and recognise which of my children was which, and, there, and and there and there was you just out there in the fresh air with the noise oh, and the wind and the laughter and the, you know and the atmosphere. And, yeah. and I thought, yes, you are you are having a <laughs> bit of a struggle, but yeah. you're loving it at the same time.
1: Yeah, you have to be in the moment, don't you? You have to... I mean, it's the only time... When I'm riding, sometimes I don't actually think about what I'm doing and suddenly realise I'm at the top of the gallop, but it's the only time where I have to concentrate because I have to work with the horse. So, And it's the same, the only other thing I enjoy apart from riding is skiing. I'm trying to stay alive then, quite frankly, so, you know. <laughs> mm. um, and trying to lay out with my partner, who is fearless. So I don't stress and worry about work and you know panic and some things you can't change Mm. you know so you just have to work on what you can deal with and that's the horse at that moment and that for me the horse people forget the horses are the most central point of what we do but then all the other things we have to deal with that's always there so at least if I get that chance riding and working with a horse and laughing and joking with Trace, who works with me and rides out I'd rather me and him ride all of them and know what where we are with them and taking on possibly riders that wouldn't really suit my way of training so i have two lovely yard people and two of us ride all morning and we get it done and we enjoy it because you know why wouldn't you enjoy it in the rain and the wind and the cold
0: (laughs) the bha have made an enormous effort to recruit train retain racing staff and there's an awful lot of work going into it. We've seen careers in racing. Mm-hmm. The, the Promoting the sport is something that is fulfilling, enjoyable, not the worst money in the world relative to, to some other yeah. um, jobs. Um, but what's, what's, your, what's your practical experience of attempting to recruit and retrain retrained I could
1: I could, honest to God, we, we joke, Trace that works for me, he worked for me years ago when I first started, and we joke about the book, and, you know the chapters everything that happens to a small trainer the next mm-hmm. chapter what well, you wouldn't believe it quite frankly it would be like a work of fiction and the last few years of trying to employ staff it has changed drastically in the last few years I mean the last year I've been great I've had some great guys but before that I literally got to the point where I didn't want to walk in my own yard and I got to the point where I thought I am scared for the future of the young people and I think Uh, The big problem the BHA face on the other side of the coin is social media and the pressure young people have nowadays when they all are looking and watching what all their friends are doing, maybe people that don't work with horses or maybe people that work in a different yard. What we all forget is a lot of what's put on social media isn't particularly the truth, but it's how people want their lives to be portrayed. So you've got all these young people looking, going, well, I want more money. I want more time off. And and with all due respect, who can blame them in racing? You know, we're we're working from seven, six in the morning, seven in the morning to sometimes one in the morning racing. You know, they need more time off. But also the BHA will struggle because people don't want to get through the hard graft anymore. You've got colleges um, giving people the chance to go to college far more than they did have. And most kids are going to want that qualification because then in their head they don't have to go in and shovel manure <laughs> um, they don't they don't have to do the hard graft but there's no place well there is a place to an extent and i also feel that the people that have done their time in racing it's lovely to see now a few of the um old travelling head lads and girls now working for the bha starting or on the gate at the races and it's fantastic to see but if we think we can't support a family We can't give them accommodation a lot of the time. There is no accommodation. How can you expect a married um, person to support their family on the wages that we pay in racing in the majority? I'm not saying that it's all bad. Some are good, some are bad. Do you know what I mean? But there has to be a place for them after racing because this is one of the only industries where you either train or you're an assistant or a head lad. What else is there? So they give all this time and all their life to racing. And when they get too old to ride out or they're tired, where where can they go? So why not give them the chance to train the young people coming through? Why not make a circle? So you, you train the people that have been in racing with all the wealth and knowledge they've mm-hmm. learned to then go and train the young people coming through. Because I do feel that, yes, the racing school does a great job, but they have nine weeks. And then they're put into a yard. With all due respect, a lot of them have an inflated sense of en- entitlement and they're not good enough, they, they get lost maybe, they don't have mentoring because they're so busy in yards, you know. So I, I don't know, I'd like to see more on that respect, I think first and foremost, change the working hours. I don't care what anybody says, they should not be working through a weekend. You know, that's your first, first thing they should change. So they shouldn't
0: work a whole weekend?
1: They shouldn't work 12 and a half days. You should never, you should, people should not be expected to work 12 and a half days and then have a day and a half off. Archaic. And and I think until you change that, how are you going to sell it? People don't want that. How can you sell that to young people?
0: Does that tally with your experience, Laurie?
2: It does, and what we've tried to do now in our yard is um, give people a whole weekend off. Mm. So it's from Friday evening to Monday morning so they don't have to come in on Saturday morning and I think that makes a big difference because they then know every fortnight that they've got that whole weekend that they can plan and go away and do something with their family and whatever happens that's always going to happen and I think that that's helped us tremendously yeah. and then if they want you know we sometimes they have a, a, an afternoon off in the week it depends how busy you are but I think I'm very much like Joe we pick up at either end, so Mm. we don't get those breaks. But then we're doing it for ourselves. And it's very different if you're doing it for yourself rather than being employed. But I I fully agree with everything you say. I mean, I go to the um, National Trainers' Federation meetings Uh and we hear these flat trainers who say, all my staff only work one weekend in four, and and I give them two afternoons off in the week. Well, that's great, but we can't all afford to do that. And a lot of us can't afford to do that. Um, And I think this is what... It's it's a two tier system, isn't
1: it? I think I've been working out how I I've I've done a five and a half day week for the past four years.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I pay a Sunday girl, and I've been for a long time thinking how I could afford to give mine two days off a week and how I'd work it. At the moment, I'm trying to think: can I give them two? They have they have a Sunday or they have a Thursday, and they pick whatever afternoon they want. Could I afford to give them an extra afternoon off? Maybe you know I'm trying to work out ways to do it. And like Lorna said, it's it's very hard as a small because you know. One person down, you feel it, okay. especially if you're racing, and then you, you take somebody racing with you, and then what's left on the yard, there might be one person left or one person off, and that's not practical with 21 horses. So, <clears throat> and I not for one minute would I say, you know, it's not fair, the big trainers charge what they charge, they charge what they charge because they're, they're good, and people want to have horses with them, absolutely. But on obviously smaller trainers like myself, would never command those that money. But I don't know how you change it. But we still pay probably better than a lot of the big trainers because we have to. So I don't know how you could change that and regulate that. I don't know if that's possible. I think if we got more people into racing, then I think that these lads and girls that can go off to a pre-training yard because. Round by us, there are four, Mm -hmm. and they can go and ride.
0: And how many horses would there be in each pre-training year? Oh, it depends.
1: 60, 100, you know, 100, one of them's allegedly 190. And they're desperate. And they can, 15 pounds a horse, half an hour a lot, 10 or 15 in the morning, a good rider. Why, I would if I was young again, quite considering it still, actually, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and that's, that's a no-brainer. Why wouldn't you? So the good writers that we have, that, that, what, they can work all morning, sit, sit down all afternoon and they've earned more than any of us will in yeah. a week.
0: But market forces are going to dictate you can't do anything about that. You can't, no, you can't. stop pre-trainers. You can't no, stop people no, no, no. pouring money into the big no. yards. But what, can the industry do anything more, do you think, to support the the smaller-sized trainer, people who want to run a business of 25, 30 horses? If they... Or is it just economically unviable now?
1: I think it's becoming more... You know, I didn't realise... Obviously, when the horses were running well, I had one one of my own that won and was second twice last year i didn 't realize the prize money that he won me I would been using i didn 't realize how much difference that made to actually have that to, to, as a buffer so when you haven 't got your little bit of percentage money when they 've been not well and you know you realize that actually. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. It, it's not the mo- No, it's not viable. If you told me I'm charging. I'd be charging what I charge now four years ago. I have made it mm. now. Right. I'm, I've less money than I had then. The feed went up 40 quid a week. A pound a bag. That's a huge increase. The hay has gone up huge a huge amount. The beddings 30 40 pounds a tonne all bang 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 tax and NI I up business rates up. This is where it makes
2: it easier for us. We farm just under a 1,000 acres. Yeah. So, in, I mean, a few years ago when I was training a, a lot of winners the, f- the stables were supporting the farm, mm. now it happens to be the other way around. Yeah. So we get the straw, the hay, That's, all those things. So you're so so sustainable. Yeah. We, and which makes it so much easier for yeah. us and it makes it more economically viable. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just bad business, business sense, yeah. really. No matter how much you love it, exactly. it is bad business sense.
1: If I, if I If I got to the point where I couldn't break even I'd give up I'm very lucky my partner is a builder Mm -hmm. and does well Um, because now where he I I supported him when he started and now we're we're level but he he contributes and I want to go skiing he's gonna have to pay for that you know the other I maybe take two weeks off a year the other 50 weeks I work if I can have two weeks skiing fantastic but he will have to be the one that pays for that Mm -hmm. i don't live an extravagant life we don't go out for dinner we might go out for sunday roast and that's fine i enjoy that i'm in bed by half eight i don't want to go out
0: (laughs) sounds very nice (laughs) It's lovely (laughs) sounds lovely
1: but you know you know that's my choice it's my lifestyle it's my choice um but i don't do it you know to make money
0: this is a this is essentially neil a question Mm. of where is the money going to come from Well, I mean, you know, obviously,
3: I don't know what the answers are to some of the points that Joe's raised. I mean, presumably, the main thing that people would say listening to this is prize money. And, uh, you know, you could easily make the case that uh, English racing is not best served by the way that, uh, you know, it organises betting. Because, uh, generally speaking, people might quite often look at the bookmakers and think, well, they're taking a lot of money out of the sport uh, or making money out of the sport um, and uh, you know they're not contributing enough and but even you know even if, uh, and I'm sure the bookmakers would argue that you know taxes are going up all the time and you know margins are tightening and blah 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 uh, and, it, and if racing becomes less of an interesting product to them as young people like betting more and more on football these days uh, why would they want to keep promoting racing? Uh, so that that that's the argument against that. But yeah, I mean, even if I don't know, if prize money doubled and and a small jumps race started to make you know five or six grand to the winner instead of three grand, yeah, would agree. that it, be the answer should, to yes, all your problems? No, it would, be, no, it would yeah.
1: be. I see what else would would be I found hard as a, a lower end of the scale trainer. You have owners that have horses that might be average, and. They're still paying training fees. That horse will win possibly a race in the right company. They've phased out 0 to 85, 0 to 90, 0 to 95 races, yeah. up to mm-hmm. 0 to 100. So, that, you know, that little average horse that's owned by a small owner breeder, possibly, that is the love of their life, might be too lowly rated to get in a nought to 100, which I, they're not that many about anymore. When you do get into one, you've got some of the super trainers now, the bigger and bigger, that have gone out, bought very well handicapped horses for maybe, privately, they've got money to to dispose to go and snap up all these lower grade horses. And and the sort of low grade races that the small trainers might have been able to pinch a few years ago Mm. aren't really there anymore. So, but you they know. did try to put up races for Grassroots. trainers, yeah, yeah. for I mean, trainers yeah. who have less
2: than so many winners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, but they actually said that the those trainers didn't want to be known. <laughs>
1: so <laughs> so <many trainers. laughs> so, I don't. Like, it, I get it, that. It, but it is what it, was, it is. Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, I don't know. But then know. when you do beat
1: the big boys, oh, yeah, it's, it's some great. thrill. Especially yeah. with yeah. a horse you paid six hundred quid for. you yeah. yeah. Think. Yeah, it gives me the biggest buzz to train a bad horse of to win course. a race. I love it. Often on this program,
3: we talk about too much racing, though. Would would you two say that, uh, you know, having a day off... Say Monday's oh. is a blank day, every week there's no racing oh, at all. Oh, definitely. Would that make a big difference? <laughs> well, maybe not Monday, I don't know. <laughs> no, Monday no, seems like less the less obvious day. That's a huge difference.
1: Do. I mean, it, you know, what I I, I have find, I very much resent going racing on a Sunday, mm. which is ridiculous because it's I, after working seven days a week for seven or eight years, I just went enough I'm having Sundays with my daughter and my mm. partner um, and I some days I might not even go in the yard I live on the yard but mm. I need that mental mm. right, well, from a right, right. sports point of view I think Sunday, I has Sunday has to be, uh, it has yeah. to be. a good day But Of course it does. You know, it does. But people if I could, can't yeah. go
3: and watch Absolutely. racing on a Monday no. afternoon as much as they can on no, a Sunday no,
1: no. no I agree not. but the, the, you know for me I obviously Ella's at school yeah. and Greg's working on a Monday so you know clearly I, I might race 10, 15 Sundays out of the year, yeah. which is fine. If you're going and you've you know, you, you've got a chance, I suppose I'm a little bit down because this last year's been tough, but when you're going, you know you're gonna have a winner. Fabulous. Yeah. But if, if we yeah, had yeah, a yeah. day off during the week, that would give, then give me a chance to have that day. Yeah. You well, know, some I some Sundays have never really worked. Why don't no. they
3: take a couple of meetings away from Monday, put them on, sun, on Sunday and have a blank day? Why can't they do that?
0: Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by our Basti Dubai.